Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. My thoughts, my words, my actions create my beauty. I think, feel, and act beautifully. I am beautiful. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we're here today to follow on a bit from last week's mega hour in which we interviewed Bridget Mitchell from uh, Finesse Models. Um, it's a major model agency and, and she books girls who fly around the world on the catwalk. I'm sure that you've all heard it. It doesn't matter whether or not you've heard that episode in conjunction with this one, but we did today want to go very, very deep, just Jane and I really exploring the emotional and psychological aspects, which may not have you know, we might not have had the chance to go into as deeply as we would have liked last week, where we really are looking at, again, the question, what is beauty, but better understanding maybe why we're so fixated on it at, at this point in time in our history, why we have so much trouble struggling to love our imperfect bodies as we as we see them, our imperfect selves, and, and how all of this affects our quality of daily life, doesn't it, Jane? It does. It affects our sense of self-worth, our self-confidence, our ability to step forward in true empowerment. Uh, it really does undermine us. It undermines our energy. That's what I mean. I'm thinking of when, you know, you get out of bed in the morning. If, if you look in the mirror and you've got one of those cliched Western thoughts, like hashtag white people's problems, like, oh, I'm having such a bad hair day, or, oh, look, I've got a zit, or I just don't feel my best today, and then you have to trot off out in life and go to a job interview or deal with a big boardroom or do whatever it is that you have to do that day, it's like you're already on the back foot before you've even started. Just because of your physical appearance, what is this? Mm, what is this? Cave Good women question. didn't get up in the morning and look in a mirror. Cave women got up in the morning and just said, I've got stuff to do, and they went out and did it. So why have we become this culture which is so chained to the mirror? Somehow there's, look, I think it's well known that people that are born with natural physical beauty are given greater opportunities in life sooner and uh, that, than those that aren't. There's also, though, that tall poppy syndrome, too, of, you know, I think little girls, little boys, little people, but particularly little girls, they don't start off their way thinking that they're unattractive. They've got a big nose or they don't like their ears or their hair's lanky or or they don't like the colour of their hair or whatever. They deeply, richly, truly believe they are beautiful. Every single little girl. In fact, I only have to think of your own gorgeous daughter. Now how old Charlotte too? Three. Oh, three. Whoops, I missed on that one. But um, now I, I just, really beg to differ because I can think of two little girls. One is my daughter and one is a four-year-old. My daughter said in the car the other week, and she's got hair like Goldilocks. She, I don't absolutely know, I don't know she's where so it came pretty. from. She's got these golden curls. Like, seriously, I don't know where the colour or the, or the kinkage came from. But anyway, she's in the car the other week and she says, I, I said something about your beautiful hair, and she says, I hate my hair, mummy. Oh, oh I hate it, so mommy. young. Yeah, she's three. Now, where has that come from? And her little friend who's four is very, very concerned with outfit, appearance, costumes, dressing up, makeup for four-year-olds, you know, this kind of self-esteem stuff. It's creeping in. And that's why I'm so concerned with the the early advent of too much media. Well, I was going to say media because I think if you went to children that are living off the grid, 
that don't have media, I don't believe they'd feel that way. I, I agree with because you. Because they've got nothing to benchmark against. So these little girls, where are they getting all this from? From the brat stoles on the yeah, shelf? Yeah, they're getting it from all of that, from... everything. And as you're just thinking of Charlotte, who has the most gorgeous little curls, I'm trying to think in your, you know, your high fives and your, your wiggles and for our international listeners, you know, your, your little groups that do these Saturday morning TV shows for the, the little ones and they're all, you know, singing, dancing, acting shows. Where's the gorgeous girl with the blonde curly hair? Well, I'm just saying that she hasn't got a little role model of the girl that's got the same hair as her. Yes, she does. Does she? Oh, good. I mean, I don't know. Don't, but blonde, the blonde archetype is like. Yeah, no. I, was I thinking, mean, Troy was sacked over a tall blonde woman, like Helen of Troy. <laughs> like, I mean, Troy get my Greek history right, but yeah. Um, I, look, I don't know. I can't quite figure out what that is. I don't know if that's just Charlotte looking at me and thinking, I love my mummy. I want straight brown hair like my mummy. Well, there I is don't... a lot of that as well because, I mean, if you look at um, – there's been a lot of documentation of um, Indigenous Aboriginal Australians that have felt very unattractive and then along comes one of uh, of their tribe yeah. that is then on Australia's top model or whatever and suddenly they're seeing themselves as beautiful. Right. Or, right. you know, one of them has gone on to be a, a pop star or uh, a TV actor, and then they're starting to see that their looks are beautiful, but they hadn't had evidence before that their looks were beautiful to people that are not Indigenous. It's such a great point. A video went around, I'll try and find this for our Facebook page, um, the other week, which was where they sat down a number of blind people and interviewed them about what beauty looks like. It was so cool. Well, there's a dating show now that's being done with them blind. <laughs> really? There's also one that's being done where they're silent. What do you mean? I was interviewed for the um, Sunday Mail the other day, um, and they, they were telling me. I didn't know about it. It's in England. So they, people go on, da- on dates, and they're not allowed to speak. So they just have to observe and then decide. I'd find that massively awkward and It would be, wouldn't can it? Can I just say? But then there's the blind dating, which is, well, I think that's become a franchise throughout the world now, uh, dating in the dark. Yeah, yeah. Um, where they don't, they get to go on all these dates and they, but they are continually blindfolded until the very end. And then the, the blindfolds are taken off and each person is revealed to the other. And they then decide if they want to continue dating. Right. Now, I don't know what the stats were, but from what I've watched, I, I didn't watch too many episodes. It was a bit tragic. But from what I did watch, um, it appeared to generalize that many of the guys were quite happy with the girls and said, yes, I'd like to see her again. Many of the girls were not happy with the guy and went, no, I don't want to, after they'd connected on so many other levels. That's what I hear about Tinder. All the guys swipe right, which means yes. All the girls swipe left, which means well, no. I find the same thing in my business. A men, less the men, are, men, absolutely, men are much easier for me to please than women. So why why are women so concerned about their beauty when the men are so easy going about it? And but this is well, what this said. leads to another study I saw done on one of those. I can't remember what it's called. It's a fascinating AB, um, BBC, so uh, English science guy, really cool science guy who does all sorts of social experiments. And this particular one, he got. I hope I'm remembering this correctly so he would grab he had a group of guys lined up um where he got them to put themselves in a line based on the best looking guy to the least looking guy right and the guys actually didn't have too much of a problem just putting themselves in the line where they were really and when i looked at what the line was in my perception i think it was reasonably accurate now of course beauty is in the eye of the holder i get that but let's just go along with this exercise then they would grab a guy from the mall of the street, and they would say, now, can you slot yourself in in this line where you think you should go? 
and nearly every guy slot themselves in where, in my perception, <laughs> they fit. So it's said that men have a very clear sense of pecking order of who they are in appearance, but they don't. I don't know. Does it bother them? I, don't, I think they just they know who they are and they're quite comfortable with it, and that's life, and they they get on with it. Now they did the same exercise for the women, right? But they actually lined the women up, right? Because all of the women, when they were asked where to line up, were all trying to go down the back end of the line. So they lined them up, and again, I agreed roughly with what they had done. Then they grabbed the women to go in the line, place themselves in the line. From out of the mall? From the mall. So random, stop them. Where do you think you fit up in this line? Every single woman, bar none, put themselves way down lower than I would have put them. Then they pulled them out and they grabbed a guy from the street to then reposition that woman where that guy felt she fitted, and every single time the guy placed her where I would have placed her. Much higher. And much higher than she believed she was. Now, this was 100% of women. This is so... You could do it with your Victoria's Secret models or you could do it with any day society. You have the same thing happen. Is there something in our brains like a scientific weakness where we're actually hardwired to be insecure about our physicality? Yes. Does this go back to primal stuff like... The, the woman who didn't have the perfect breasts and the symmetrical face and the lean, lithe running body or something. Well, is this come back gonna... to spinsterhood, does it, that I'm not going to be selected and that yeah. pairing up was with, you know, the man selects the woman and is always going to select the most beautiful or or the family that had arranged that, that their eldest son was going to marry the eldest daughter from the farm next door so they could have joint farming. And then he would see the eldest daughter and she wasn't attractive and he wanted the second daughter because she was more attractive and so that it would take sense, one for the team. And a sense that we can't quite escape this because it's a little bit of a – it's a little bit engineered into us. Somehow well, I'm thinking it is. About. But, but it doesn't matter if it is because once we become consciously aware of something, then we – implement tools we can change to it. be able to change that so it's not an alarming thing if that's where it stems from you were going to mention the dove um the, the second dove well that initial. actually backs up these other it experiments does. as well so th- this is the third one where now this is not the dove commercial which many of you have seen and if you haven't google them anyway because they're both beautiful the first one they did was where they had grabbed a very a really nice looking girl and they did the um makeup the hair the the stylist was there the clothes the photographer the then photoshopped, airbrushed everything, and then she was up on a big billboard poster looking nothing at all like all her. All of this happens in 60 and, seconds. And they do it in 60 seconds. It's really cool. I, I've shown my children mm-hmm. it. I highly encourage everyone to show it's, every female. It's the video that we show in every high school that we go to so that the girls can see how doctored and stylized yes. every image is. I mean, Well, that's what Bridget said to us last week was that when we asked, you know, the question of, you know, how much of, of photos are photoshopped, and she said 100%, 100%. now. 100%. And we're not just talking they, they brush out some dark lines. We're talking they'll elongate the neck, they'll widen or shrink the shoulders, they'll flip the head around, they'll change the eye colour, they'll lighten the armpits and the nostrils, they'll whiten the eyes, they'll make more cleavage, they'll they'll take different heads off different bodies and put them on if they don't like the dress she's wearing or they'll flip her from the right to the left. Like The, the, the amount of doctoring it's an avatar. that's it doesn't going exist. on is plastic. Like yeah. you're only Everything that you're seeing now is absolute plastic. Yes. It's unreal. Well, actually – sitting at the hairdressers this morning and flipping through the old new idea or whatever it was, Rebecca Gibney, one of our lovely Australian actors, she was being interviewed and uh, she was talking about ageing and she's nearly 50 and her son is I think about seven or eight and apparently her son had said, had seen a photo of her in a a magazine and said, Mummy, how did they get you to look like that? 
And he didn't, he didn't know that that didn't understand. So the second didn't understand it. She said, you know, well, she, she then said, you know, darling, it's good makeup, good lighting, good photographers, good camera angles, and then computer work. Yeah. Um, the second Dove commercial was actually much more interesting, I felt, in talking about women's self-esteem. And this is where they got a group of people. Actually, they did it with guys as well. But, but for this exercise, we'll talk about the women. And they asked the, each woman, each woman was given the name of somebody to get to know just for 15 minutes, just get to know them, have a chat with them in this room of however many, you know, a couple of dozen people. Then the first woman was taken to a private room where there was a forensic artist, you know, the guys that do the amazing artwork that they draw pictures, head and shoulders shots. They'll draw them based on somebody's description. So the artist had his back to the woman and said, please describe yourself. So the woman then described herself and he drew the artwork. She leaves the room. The person that was asked to get to know her is brought in and the artist says, could you please describe the woman that we asked you to spend some time with? And then he drew a second picture. Then they brought the original woman back in and they put both of the pictures up side by side. Now the picture both looked very much like her. One looked like an older, sadder version of what I was seeing and the picture that the the, the acquaintance had described looked exactly like her. Yeah. So each woman that was presented with the picture of how the other person saw them, 100% of them cried. So it's we're, we're walking around with these distorted That's filters. It. it is distortion. And there is a word for it with when it's the body dysmorphia, when like that's the extreme version where people look in the mirror and they see such – it's like when you go to a fun park and, and you look in a mirror that actually obscures and distorts, distorts you. Yeah. yeah, your features, they actually see themselves like that, like a, a horrific alien type stretched out or whatever. But we all, to some extent, have our own weird little versions of body dysmorphia. And everybody does. Everyone does. One hundred percent. We've we got do. to get rid of this. And and you know, this really I, I think that this episode as well ties beautifully back in with our extreme art of self love episode, which I'd encourage you to go back and re listen to because because we did deal a lot with some physical self body love, like Everyone's got a part of their body, which for no real explanation, they know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can remember an, an ex-boyfriend of mine, like I went down, I was kissing his body and I went down to his feet and he like physically jerked and said, get away, like a panicking person, right. get away from them, get away. He was so convinced that they smelled or that they were ugly. He couldn't bear to look at them, couldn't bear to have his socks yeah. off. Now, I have no idea where he picked up that belief. Probably someone made a cruel remark when he was yeah. a kid or something. But if you've got a part of your body that you actually don't even want to expose sunlight to, you're hating yourself. I'm sorry, but there's a part of you that is really hating yourself mm-hmm. and it's, it's not accepting a beautiful part of yourself. It's not allowing it to come to the party. Like, you can't just go out with... 70% of yourself but not the other 30. Like You've got to have the whole lot, right? Exactly. Now, one of the things, that the tools that I find helpful with the bits of our bodies that we don't like is to honour the role that it plays. And you can do that really quite shallowly or you can go really, really deep. It's up to you. It doesn't matter. Any level is going to help. So, for example, with this guy's feet, you know, it would be to honour how amazing they are, how they carry him through life, how they have to handle all the different shoes that he might put put his favourite boots on but they're really tight and they get squished and they handle that so he feels good when he's wearing his favourite boots. Or he the fact the he world. Can, so he's, you know, so, right, so he's gone barefoot backpacking all 
around the place. It's Amazing. Been taken everywhere. Yeah. So, so it's really looking at whatever part of your body it is that you that you don't don't love. Um, so for me, my personal thing was actually my chin. I used to get teased that I had a very prominent chin as in childhood, and of course, isn't that where all our fears then come from? But I actually love that my chin, I can move my chin quite a bit when I'm talking. It's actually a whole part of my whole NLP way that I communicate. So that's, you find the positive part, you know. Have you got the saggy boobs from having breastfed children and, and, you know, they know, they now have to have a bra to keep them in a boob shape. Otherwise they're like front cover of National Geographic magazine. Love the fact that what role they've played, the fact that you were so blessed to breastfeed, the fact you were so blessed to give birth to a child and be able to nurture that child through feeding. You know, we've got to go through all of these bits. Is it your tummy? Have you got um, floppy tummy from having been pregnant? Or it, it doesn't matter what it is. Find the purpose. Yeah. And love that so much about yourself. You know, it's, it's amazing. The exercises that we do with the teenage girls, like the 14-year-olds, are exactly the same ones that adult women should be doing, and men. If you feel if 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 you have the depth of physical insecurity that your average woman does, I mean, it's the most basic stuff where we just we you know it's we don't actually concentrate on our qualities enough. It sounds so simple, but just being able, we still feel so deeply uncomfortable about putting up our hand and, and listing all the good things about ourselves. And, of course, that's who we truly are, isn't it? We all know this. I feel like I'm spouting cliches, but it's like you're not when we, hair, well, since we're talking we're about and Since we're talking about beauty, instead of going, I'm a kind, generous, loving, giving, loyal, funny, whatever person, yeah. I think most of our listeners could probably reel off those qualities because they've done so much self-development. They know their good qualities in their right. persona. But what I want to hear is I've actually got really beautiful hair. Okay. I actually love the depth of my beautiful eyes. I've actually got really good skin. My nails are incredible. They're so long and lush and they grow and they don't break them. Everybody admires my uh, whatever it is. Mm. I want a list of your physical mm. beauty that you love and own it and be proud of it and feel blessed and grateful. There's been some photography um, on the, the web lately of girls who have taken to the streets of New York naked and they've just gone through a normal day. They've gone shopping, gone to a news agency. What? They've gone to the supermarket. How do they do that and not get arrested it's, for indecent exposure? It's not illegal in New York. They've gone on the subway. How brave and, and oh, my one God. One of them who was, she's famous, and I can't think of who she is, but she's someone someone's famous, some, I can't even speak, someone famous's daughter, and she's protesting the fact that Instagram doesn't allow nakedness. And she's gone out and photographed, like documented her whole day, spending a day naked in New York. And it's just kind of amazing that wow, we can be how so, empowering. we can be so stopped in our tracks by a naked body. It's, yeah, isn't it no, amazing we've how we've come a long way from how fearful yeah. we are of of true nakedity? Like, okay, porn, fine, that's in a different box. Oh, it's fine to have scantily clad women all over billboards, but true and normal, quote unquote, everyday woman walking down the street in her birthday suit is still a shocking, shocking raw realism. Yes, it is that we wow. just can't quite integrate. And would you? Could you do that, Jane? Well, it's interesting I because I don't. No, I couldn't. Myself, is not that good. My uh, one of my business coaches um, prior, when I was starting to do public speaking, had me imagine that I was naked on stage. Now, there's always been that thing of you know get on stage and imagine everybody in the audience naked. It wasn't that at all. It was actually that I had to visualize giving my uh, talk naked. It was oh. very empowering. Very empowering. I'm gonna try that. What does it do for you? Um, 
I don't, I, there was some shift that happened from there. Get to have a hurt. But it, beca- it, it became about who I am in my soul and the message that I was delivering and the connection with the audience versus they're there judging me on whatever it is. Yeah. It was more about connective rather and, and vulnerability rather than um rather than Judge. presenting and wanting to win them over. It was it was a deeper level of connection with the audience. So my girlfriend who's a professional flautist, meaning she plays the flute, and because that's such a very, very small scene here in Australia, there's only a handful of the top level ones and they all know each other, right? So whenever auditions come up which are few and far between like say for first flute in an orchestra they come along every few years and oh, so they'd they, all be going for it <laughs> they all go for it so what they do is they do them all behind screens so every flautist has to audition oh. without being seen by the judges wow so there's no well, that's like the voice um franchise it's like the voice isn't it? and it's an interesting except the audience can see but yeah it's it's a really cool concept it, it's again it's a bit sad that we have to go back to blindness <laughs> Yes, exactly. You no, know, like we can't just. But look, but I, look but, but I've got actually got another little exercise I want to touch on here, if I can too. Mm-hmm. I might have even mentioned this in a past podcast. I don't know if I have apologies for repeating, but it's it's relevant to this topic. Is that I want people to go and grab old photos of themselves from childhood, teenage years, twenties, thirties, forties. Keep going, however long you've been on this planet for this time, and I want you to have a look at these photos. And I bet your bottom dollar that every single one of them, or the very vast majority, I'll say, you will look at them and go, wow, I was actually more beautiful than I felt. At the time. At the time. <laughs> yeah. And you'll go, wow, I was skinnier or I was prettier or I had better hair than I thought or why was I worried about I, – I actually just thought I was quite average, but look at that photo. I'm fabulous. And once you start to recognize that, Realize that the photos that you're seeing of yourself now, you're not seeing as everybody else sees. You have a distorted, lower view of yourself than the rest of the world is seeing. Yeah. And you know that beautiful saying of, I only wish that you could see what I see in you. Mm, it's so that. true, isn't yeah. it? Really because think about that. Sometimes, like I've talked to married couples before, I remember having this conversation with a girlfriend once and she said, she said, you know, it's funny. She said, I don't really kind of look at my husband. Like, I don't really look at his face or think about what he actually looks like. She said, all I'm, all I'm ever doing and all I've ever done is just connecting with his essence. And that's what it is when it's soulmates, particularly with best friends well, or family. Well, that's funny you say that because I actually often have these little moments where I catch my husband and I look at him and I think, Bloody hell, you're a handsome dude. Because <laughs> you're not like, actually, he actually shocks me. I go, wow. at him generally because you're just yeah. so used to connecting straight away in on that vibration through the heart. Yes. It's yes. a heart connection. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But then here's the other thing with distortion of appearances. How often have we met somebody that is strikingly physically beautiful and yet as we've got to know them and we found that their personality is not quite matching it, that maybe they're quite an ugly person in their behavior, sorry for the judgment but you know for the story that then we find that their physical beauty reduces that we actually don't see them as beautiful as we actually and then we start questioning why did i ever think they were beautiful actually i don't see it i just don't see it there's a really hard kind of beauty yeah but then we've got the reverse side too what about the person that you meet and this often happens in dating I love this. And this is what you're talking about, the soul connection, mm-hmm. where we actually – but, but this can happen with girlfriends, with with just people that you socialize with. You meet them and 
and you know they're they're pleasant, they're nice looking, and then over time you think actually you're strikingly beautiful. They become very handsome, <laughs> handsome, or yeah. strikingly beautiful. It can yeah. be a girl, and then you think, why did I? And as time travels, we think, why did I ever not see that initially? And I know that we've talked in previous podcasts about people who, for example, got amputated arms or legs or real physical. You know, sometimes there was a girl at my high school, she had one of those red wine stain birthmarks all over her face. Um, Recently, I met a beautiful boy who um, his eyes looked in different directions because when he was a kid, he'd been beaten up and one eye had come out of his socket. He had to put it back in and run home to his mum, get taken to hospital and have three surgeries. So for the rest of his life, he actually amazingly has perfect vision, but his two eyes kind of point in different directions. But you don't even care when you talk to this dude because his energy and his power and his presence was so awesome that nobody's going to be fixed on this kid's looks. Now, like, for all of the HSPs and empaths that are listening to this, don't go into the story. Just listen to the end <laughs> bit of what Beck just said, which was you don't see it because his energy is so amazing. And like I talked about those clients where I'd had the two guys that didn't have arms, one that it was so what, and the other it was the big deal. Yeah. But, and so now we're getting into the inner beauty the inner of, of, of really which radiates out. your energy. And this is why Jane was talking last week to Bridget about, I think she posed the question, but Bridget, don't you find that the, the models that have the, the real X factor, the ones that make it really big, isn't there something about them that's deeper, like they've got more self-esteem or there's something inside? And Bridget said, absolutely. And I'm thinking about the Marilyn Monroes, who, by the way, I saw recently in a, in a very rare photograph without makeup, and she wasn't all that crap crash hot i've got to tell you she looks pretty washed out and and the sophia lorenz and these real sex goddesses of our culture i saw madonna without makeup yeah um going to a dress rehearsal um she actually could have walked down rundle mall without bodyguards yeah nobody would have known who it was this is the point of this is the point this is the whole point of this these women that ooze um, sexuality, femininity, and all of that. Well, it's not coming out of their mascara, and it's not coming out of their laced-up corset tops. It's coming out of their divine feminine because they're holding a vibration which makes people go, oh, my God, I don't know what that is, but I need to have more of it. Can you bottle it? Yeah. Well, they did, Chanel Number 5. Do you know what I mean? So it's like it's it's working with vibration here. So this is even more reason to love yourself. As you all know, it doesn't actually matter what package you've poured your soul into in this incarnation. And if you've got a particularly challenging package, like the one we talked about last week with, or the other week with transgender bodies and things like that, you know, that's because you are here to put up your hand to do a lot deeper soul work in terms of really loving and really accepting yourself for who you are in this lifetime, not dependent on your shiny straight blonde hair or your tall skinny legs or your jock body or whatever it is. That's too easy. That's too easy. What happens if you are born into a body that's not accepted, that's not mainstream and you are a minority, if you've got a hearing aid, if you've got a great big mole on your cheek that hasn't been cut off or crooked teeth that never got corrected or, you know, turned in legs, duck, you know, what is it, bow legs or whatever when you walk? you know, can you can you still love yourself enough to make that okay? And if you want some great role models, I want you to look at the most beautiful, spiritual, wise leaders of the world and look at their faces. Nelson Mandela. Yeah, there's no foundation there. Gandhi. Mother Teresa. You know, the wisdom of these faces. The lovely, uh, who's recently passed away, Maya. Angelou. You know, those faces were the most beautiful. And if you look for, you know, when we see the National Geographic, they set put their top 100 photos out every year or whatever. You see those things on, there we go, Facebook. Had to get the mention in of Facebook. Um, 
And you'll often see that they are that gorgeous character face that's toothless grin of the Balinese medicine man that's sitting cross-legged, that's just radiating light and happiness and peace and positivity. And, like, it's so attractive. So it doesn't matter what package you've got. You can be the next top front cover of any magazine that you want to be if you choose to be. Mm. If, you, if, if you're really owning your personal power and your vibration. And I think it just comes down to if you really are a grown adult and you're still insecure about not going out without the lipstick or the earrings or the high heels or the, the cloud of perfume or the designer watch or the designer Ferrari or whatever it is, you really need to go back and listen to our shadow work episode. <laughs> what part of yourself are you not accepting? It is not the out there world that is going to judge you or accept you. It is not. They are only doing it if you are putting out an insecure vibration that's inviting it in. So work on your stuff. That's our mantra. My thoughts, my words, my actions create my beauty. I think, feel and act beautifully. I am beautiful. And you all are very, very beautiful. We can't see you, but we can feel your hearts out there. We know that it's just such a warm, fuzzy community. <laughs> so thank you so much for tuning in. We're here on the couch every week for free for half an hour every Wednesday on thewellnesscouch.com and on iTunes under sexuality and on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash love life show. And, you know, I just wanted to mention too, if you want to join our mailing list, we actually, or well, I know I've got some um, lovely daily little messages that go out that do help with positivity and self-love and self-beauty, please feel free to join um, our mailing list. Mine is at janedonovan.com.au and Rebecca's is rebeccadetman.com. And you can, of course, get individual coaching with either Jane or I for love or for spirituality, anything you need, anything you need, we're here for you. So until next week, have a gorgeous, beautiful, self-empowered week. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.